Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. All right, we are back with episode 20. 20, 2-0. God damn. 2-0. Wow. Made possible by all of the great podcast uh, supporters. And if you guys haven't yet, get on uh, iTunes or Spotify and rate the podcast and send it to five people. Um, Because if five people send it to five people, send it to five people. I'm no mathematician, but that's a lot of people. So it's not that six person rule. Okay, six. Yeah, six. Let's do six. Really go wild. (laughs) Really go wild. What have you been up to, man? Not much. Just trying to bear the heat like you. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a good week, man. I was I was off work, real work for the week, and went and explored Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. If nobody's been there, pretty interesting. One of the coolest things we did was the uh, the boat tour, where they actually talk about all the rich ass people that founded that lake. And uh, nobody knows where Lake Geneva is. It's what what is it like two hours north of Chicago, probably. Boy, uh, yeah. Probably about an hour and a half, two hours north of Chicago. So all the really, really rich people from Chicago went up there in like the early 1900s and founded this lake as like the the vacation spot for all the wealthy people. And I mean, we're talking like Wrigley from Wrigley Chewing Gum. They had like six miles of estates. And it's cool to to hear the history of the lake, even though, you know, rich ass people keep other rich ass people around. And they got a golf course there that they only average 60 tee times a week. And I don't know if anybody knows, but that's about that's like a busy Saturday morning at a golf course around here. Yeah. And, but there's only like 255 members and you have to get voted on and you can't get any no's from any one of those members. And, uh, one dude that had that built the, uh, built the largest single family home on that lake. It's 50,000 square feet. He wanted to be part of that golf course and he got, uh, you know, put up for, for vote and he, and there was a few no's. So, uh, what he did is, uh, he built a barn, on the lake side of his property and put a bunch of farm animals there and named every one of the farm animals after somebody that's part of that golf course. Oh really? <laughs> just to I fucking didn't know that. just to get back at them. Wow. But uh yeah, the the uh I don't I don't even know what the name of the 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 designer that designed Central Park had a um, an estate there and the guy from Marshall Fields had an estate there and the producer from Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful had an estate there and <laughs> it's just it's interesting uh it's interesting first off to like 
to hear about how a place like that comes about. Right. Like I remember, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was like late nineties, early two thousands. There was radio ads, like every single radio station had radio ads for some lake in Tennessee. Do you remember that? No, no. It was a lake in Tennessee. And I'm assuming it was, it was similar to this. Like some developer probably bought the entire lake front property. And then they were advertising it everywhere to get rich ass people to kind of make this a new vacation place. And I wish I remembered what the lake was. Maybe if one of you listeners remember, because I would like to look and see if that ever worked out. Because I remember hearing about this thing. I'm like, this is a scam. Is this like one of those assholes that owns, you know, lakefront property in Florida that's going to sell it to you for cheap or something? Yeah. I mean, everybody's got to make their money somehow. Right. And got all that from going to Lake Geneva once. And I've been there multiple times. And usually I just park my ass in the sand or, you know, get on a boat and just listen to water. Next time you go do that boat tour, man, it's worth it. It was like 30 bucks. It's cool. But it's, you know, it's it's college kids or or late high school kids that are up there telling you they they got their spiel and they talk all about it. And they they still do um, mail delivery on the piers. They have a mail really? boat and they still do mail oh, delivery. And, they, and so the boat never stops, apparently, from what they say. Like you jump off the front of the boat, throw the mail in the pier mailbox, and then you got to jump back on the back of the boat and <laughs> grab the mail for it. the next pier. Yeah. So it's 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 pretty interesting. You know, it's it's cool to hear history of stuff like that rather than just walk around and be like, oh, there's a big house. Oh, there's a big house. Oh, yeah, you that's know? true. And we wanted to bike that walking path that goes all the way around. Yeah. No, no, no. That is not a bike friendly city. Oh, really? We took bikes with. We didn't get them off the truck once. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. There was one bike path we found, and it was like the l- most at the resort? awful. Um, I mean, I guess we we pretty much were in town, and then we slept and ate at the resort, you oh, know? Okay. But um, yeah, there, there was one bike path in town, and we started looking up trail maps and like reviews. It was like awful. It was awful, oh, awful. Really? So we just left the bikes on the truck, but. Wow. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like a condensed Door County because I like Door County because it's uh, kind of like Vermont. Yeah. In Wisconsin, a little more condensed. And if you don't feel like driving the three hours up, then yeah. you just basically go to Lake Geneva and everything is right there. Because in Door County, you got to drive from town to town to town to town. So I will say, A, it would be cool to go back with a group of couples and like rent a house or yeah. even even at one of the resorts and just have, you know, a, excuse me, a bunch of people to hang out with. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. Because a lot of those little bars were neat, but we're not the type of people to just sit at a bar and people watch, you know. Um, we like to go around and do stuff. If we're with a group of people, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, and it, there is something to say for being done somewhere, getting on the highway and being an hour and 20 minutes from home. Right. Like there's something really, big, yeah. really awesome about that because you're like, oh, I want to go home. And if you're five hours away, you're like, all right, we'll be there tonight. Whereas this way, you're like, all right, well, we're going to leave at lunchtime and we'll be back with plenty of time to do shit for yeah. the rest of the day. Quick in and out. Yeah. There's some good places to eat there. So it's just all depends what you're looking for. Yeah. A lot of them were closed because we were there earlier in the week that that we kind of screwed oh, really? ourselves on that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. But. We walked up to one place. Not that I mean, these guys don't really care here about my fucking vacation. But um, <laughs> one more funny story. We walked up to this like place stories. and it's, it's it's right on the lake and they've got neon signs in the windows. And one says seafood, one says steaks and one says pizza. Yeah. Right. So we're like, oh, like we can find something we want to eat here. And so we get a table right on the sidewalk overlooking the lake and we sit down and we look at the menu and it's legit like burgers is it. Oh, really? So the waitress comes like, can I get you something to drink? And my wife goes, what do you have for seafood or steaks? And she looked at us like we're like we're idiots. Like, yeah. uh, I, I, we don't really have that. We're like, well, there's neon signs like right behind you that say seafood and steaks. And she's like, oh, yeah, we're still working on the COVID menu. I'm like, give me a fucking no, really? break. So oh, we wow. went somewhere else. But that, that was funny. Like, wait, 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 huh? What? Like, maybe turn the fucking neons off or something. <laughs> well, it didn't matter where you're at. At least it was just you and the wife, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good a nice time. No, it, it was enjoyable and it, it was good time. to get away. Um, my mom was with the kids, so that was an interesting little scenario. But that's for a totally different. Yeah, kids are still alive, right? My kids are alive. Yep, that's all that matters. Just have that's, to let them out of the closet when you get home, right? Yep. <laughs> so uh, this week, physical. Anything new? Uh, I've been feeling really good. I think I have a good uh, balance now of the heavy workload and high volume load. So Good. going back and forth, supplementing has been yeah, consistent and my diet's been consistent. It always seems like if my diet's consistent. My performance is really good. So, yeah, that's so 
I've been in this. I've kind of screwed myself the last two weeks. Um, what ice cream or what? Yeah, no, 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 no ice cream this time. No, yeah. the exact opposite. So, um, I'm not. I'm not saying that I haven't been eating enough, but I haven't been eating the right foods um, to to coincide with my lifting. I've been eating lower carb and well, pretty low carb actually, almost like borderline keto. But I haven't been lifting to lean out. I've still been lifting heavy. And those two things just don't go well together. Um, And that's my fault. It's lack of lack of solid goal, right? Like I didn't set forward a goal like I'm going to lean out. So I'm going to eat this way and I'm going to do this kind of like hit cardio. I just said I'm going to eat this way because I feel good because I do. I feel good mentally um, and physically per se when I'm eating this way. But I've missed all my lifts multiple weeks. I, I, I'm not going to well, say I've gotten weaker, but I definitely have to try a lot harder to get those heavy lifts. Yeah. And it's all because I'm not feeding my body with the glycogen to make my muscles work right. So if I'm going to lift like this, I need to eat the right way to lift like this. So I need to I need to sit down right now and just put together a more solid plan. Yeah. And normally I have been really solid, but I just kind of, I'm not going to say I took the two weeks off because I've still been in the gym and put in the work, but there, I wasn't doing both things in the right, you know, I wasn't pulling both of the right strings to make shit happen. And, and that's kind of screwed me, but it's also nice to, I guess, take a little, take a little break, give the digestive system a little break and, and smooth everything out. And I do, I do enjoy the way that I feel, um, when I eat like this, but I just, I just not getting stronger. So Well, you screwed yourself. I mean, you're in Lake Geneva. There's five ice cream places within a block. I know. And I, we walked by every one of them. Well, you walked right by it. Walked right by every one of them. And there's so many. And the Killwinds, like. Killwinds, you got Cold Stone right in the next block. Yep. There's a, what is that? The chocolate shop down the road there. Yep. Nope. Didn't need any of them. Wow. That's, that's pretty sad. It's, well, and it, it, it's weird because I don't know. Not everybody's like this, but when I'm on, I'm on. And when I'm off, I'm way off. So, like. If I eat one scoop of ice cream, I'll fucking I'll get ice cream at every one of those places because I'm like, well, I already did it. Right. Like, that's such a (laughs) shitty attitude to have. But like, that's just that's the way I've always worked. If like if I'm on, I'm dead on. I'm strict. I'm really good. Yeah. And if I'm off, I'm fucking the all the real. I'm off the rails. There is nothing holding me back. I'm. I might eat dessert three times in one day. That's that's uh, the mentality of those yo-yo dieters. Yeah. Yeah, when so they're off. They're like looking forward to that crap food, and then all of a sudden they just go right off the cliff. Yeah, well, and and I'm not going to say that that I'm that that's why I do it, but it's more um it's more that mental like if I don't have to think about it, I know I'm not doing any of it. But if I have to think about it, then I'm like, all right, well, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna try to find a happy medium here. Uh, but uh, that's the happiness and joy uh, comparison, I think. Yeah, yeah. Ice well, cream stories. It's a and ice cream. Ice, why is it ice cream? Ice cream's so damn good. Maybe it's because we're in Wisconsin and we just happy. developed, right? It makes everybody happy. Uh mental, what have you been working on? Mental, uh I'll probably say the one podcast that really hit me uh last week and I listened to this podcast a lot is uh Clear It Hot. So Andy Stump had uh a guy in there, uh Kyle Thompson. And they were talking about um, almost the same thing, you know, we talk about. Uh, Kyle Thompson runs a, a podcast called Undaunted, a ministry called Undaunted. So they were talking about getting, uh, you know, physically, mentally, and uh, spiritually, you know, in shape. And um, he's got a devotion or devotional they wrote in the U version. So I've just been kind of following that, um, kind of connected with a men's group I meet with every week and just say, hey, you know, maybe there's something we got to. We got to hit because it talks about, you know, being, you know, being a man nowadays and how to really hit like what we're talking about, being squared away, uh, being a man, because uh, we're really lacking that. I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to offend people. Well, I mean, I probably do anyway. We, we it, both do. It's cool. But, you know, it's a uh, what is the term is they're really making in the uh, not uh, feminine, the yeah. feminine man, the beta males are really taking over. And uh, I think that's it's time for me and men to step up. Well, and it's it's a really odd place to be because what 
generally was thought of as masculinity isn't real masculinity. It's it's not, you know, I, you remember that stupid ass Gillette commercial, boys will be boys. You remember that dumbass oh, yeah. commercial? Yeah. Like that's not masculinity. That's that's trash. That's poor values. That's that's not what that's not the the, the pictures of you that you see of of men going into fires and pulling people out. That's not men raising boys to throw themselves on the front line of something that they believe in. That's true masculinity. That's putting your heart first and being able to tell your kids you love them, being able to be emotionally available to your spouse and your kids, being able to be an actual human being. It's not that fucking calloused, you know, tough guy bravado that that they try to push across. Yeah, that's fake masculinity. That's false. That's not real. Right. And but that's that's that straw man that they put up to be an argument. And then all of a sudden you get all these sneaker fish. You know what a sneaker fish is? No. I think I talked about this on the podcast. Maybe I haven't. So there's a there's a fish called a sneaker fish. And what happens is, is, is in these fish schools, these big, we'll call them alpha male fish, have multiple women that they breed with, multiple female fish that they breed with. And these sneaker fish actually disguise themselves as females to get into the group. And then when the alpha fish that that the, this is his harem of bitches, right? When he's not looking, the sneaker fish impregnates the fish really quick. Jeez. And and that that's these that's these <laughs> these woe is me alpha males suck. I'm really sensitive. That's these they're they're sneaker fish and they sneak in and they're trying to virtue signal, right? They're, they're virtue signaling. That's what they're doing. They're, they're putting yeah. their virtues out there. Even if they're not even real virtues, they're putting their virtues out there to a point that everyone kind of ignores the danger that they are imposing on the people around them. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're the best friends with the girls. And then one of the girls is had too much to drink and they're going to give them a, you know, a ride home. And then you hear about them taking advantage of them. Right. You know? Yeah, definitely no uh, dudes like that. Those are asshats that, you know, roll in and uh, work on the emotional side that, you know, quote, might not be fulfilled by the husband. Yeah. And then try to get in and, uh, yeah, wreck a marriage. So, yeah. So, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a, it's a weird situation with masculinity today because true masculinity has nothing to be demonized. Because it is, it's a, it's a, it is virtuous. It is powerful and it is developmental to our society. Yeah. But the straw man that I don't, is it media? I don't know if it's media or if it is these fucking, you know, these sneaker fish, you know, beta that have built this straw man argument against the false, because there are a lot of fucking douchebags, right? Like there's real, there's real douchebags that call themselves, uh, you know, an alpha or what or whatever, and they're they're just assholes. Yeah, like that's not real. That's not masculinity. You're just uh-huh. a fucking prick. Yeah, it's just uh, God reminds me of the what, history of the Spartans when the alpha males went to war, then the beta males kind of took over. So, um, and that was the demise of that that community. It wasn't the battles or the three hundred that you know that got slaughtered. It was the demise of the uh, the the man, the alpha male. Yeah. So I don't know. We're starting to see that now. Yeah. And and as we as we push forward the negative attitude towards real true masculinity, then all of a sudden it becomes less attractive for that to be developed. And the the death of the father is a big issue. And one of the weirdest things I remember, I, I can't, I can't remember what book it's from, so I'm not going to be able to give you the book. Um, but it was, a, it was quoting a study of um, single parent households with no father involved and single parent households, um, but split households, right? Where the, the father is still involved. The parents just aren't together. Yeah. And 
one of the weirdest things is you would think this is totally backwards, but without a father involved, empathy is not developed. Where you would think that a mother being like the motherly, sympathetic, empathetic being would be the one that that kind of helps develop that in a child. And it, it seems to be the, the opposite. It seems to be that the father is the one that, that the children develop the empathy from. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a different type of empathy that the media tries to portray, you know, they associate empathy as weakness. Right. And there's a, a portion where, you know, when we've dealt with warriors that, you know, you would think are just hardened people, but you know, they're such hardened people, but when you see them being empathetic, there's a whole new level. It's it's not like taking a kid and be like, oh, here's a tissue paper, wiping the tears from your eyes. But it's literally this heart of unselfishness that you know, I think kids have to, you know, especially young boys have to see is that, yeah, you can be a man. It doesn't mean that you have to be emotional, you know, like a dish rag to, you know, to be empathetic. You know, there's a there's a hard line there. And you can you can be you can be strong without being callous. Yeah. You know, you can you can be able to see the um the meaning behind pain, right? Yeah. Like, yes, th- that hurt. I get it. Like that really did hurt. And I understand that you're gonna you're going to cry f- because that hurt. But also let's look at what lesson we can learn from what just hurt you. And that's, I think, where a father figure comes in or or like we always talk about the um, the loss. Right. When you when you lose a, a competition or you've gotten an F on a paper or you've done something wrong in a group of friends and you hurt because of it. It's, you know, that that motherly instinct is just to nurture and nerf the kids from the pain, whereas and I'm saying motherly and fatherly because this isn't necessarily a man woman scenario, but it is, yeah. you know, masculine feminine scenario, um, whereas the, the masculine influence comes in and and really does say, all right, yes, that hurt that pain that you feel right now, whether it's physical pain, emotional, f- emotional pain, that pain that you feel right now, that is a that is a dash light. That is a signal that there is something to be done better next time. Now let's right. let's let's reverse engineer this and figure out what that signal is. I'm not going to sit here and nerf you from that pain because you need to feel that pain. And first of all, I think that the lack of that influence is a big contributing factor to the problems that we see today because so much of the younger generation feels that pain and has no ability to reverse engineer that pain as to what they did to cause it or what they can do to improve it next time or what that pain means. They just feel pain and they run. Yep. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean, it's, um, they don't know how to push through. It's like, we talk about that 40% and I think it really leads into like what we're talking about, you know, with happiness and joy. I mean, there's a definite level of suffering that, you know, um, determines whether, you know, you're just out for happiness or out for joy. There's a permanence versus a, a temporary feeling. Yeah. And then media and everybody's pushing for this temporary, temporary feeling that which is called happiness. So we'll get into that in a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think we're almost, I mean, we're just about there. Realistically, my mental is just, I've, I've been working on a book, uh, how to talk to anyone by, I think it's Lyle. L-E-I-L, Lyle, 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 Loudis. And it's just, it's, it's a bunch of like, it's a bunch of little suggestions of how to actually create meaningful conversation versus like, just one quick example of what it is, is like somebody asks you where you're from, right? You meet somebody like, where are you from? Instead of just saying, oh, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, right? Or, or I'm from Reesburg, Wisconsin. We'll say this makes it easier. Instead of me just saying like, oh, I'm from Reesburg, Wisconsin, right? I give them something. To, to then develop the conversation further. I'm from Reedsburg, Wisconsin. We used to be the butter capital of the world, right? Then they have capitals of the world they could talk about. They have butter, they have dairy, they have like 20 different things that they can then develop a conversation. And then we can go deeper into a conversation, but it's not just like, oh, oh yeah, and that's up 
north, right? Right? Like it gives you like this <laughs> yeah. fucked. So it's just a bunch of little things like that. So and you're going to tell everybody you're from the butter capital of the world? I am. Well, I think it used to be. I don't know if it is anymore. But I don't even know. I have no clue. That's where I'm originally from. But so that, that's that been my mental work this week. And then kind of spiritual and emotional we'll, we'll get into now um, with with the deep the deep dive into into happiness and i i I think you already kind of played your cards onto where where you are with with the happiness versus joy um and i think i am i'm i'm going to come from a similar place but i'm also going to kind of negate negate the idea or the false god of happiness so i'll let you kind of dig into your your development of of happiness versus joy and and the pursuit of the two um and then i'll kind of come in as as there's areas to kind of i really do think happiness is kind of a, a false god that we're we're yeah. trying to get and it's not it's not really a thing that you can get yeah. it's a byproduct i think we're on the same lines there i mean i define it as happiness is is literally it's an emotion and which you know it's circumstantial it's always based on circumstance i think we brought it up in past podcasts where Whenever somebody talks about, you know, well, I'm in search for happiness or I just want to be happy and I always think of happy as happenstance. Everything is circumstantial and and joy, you know, having been through some stuff in my life that's just, yeah, it was, it was hell at the time um, uh, between my dad and between, you know, services. Like I realized that joy is living above the circumstance. You know, it's like uh, I heard it once. It's a best uh analogy is that you're you know you you don't like your kids every day right yeah for but, sure but you'd love your kids every day yeah so and that's the difference between you know happiness is you know what you're, you're not gonna like every single day every single day isn't gonna be rainbows when you wake up but you know what uh you get through some of that hardship some of that suffering and you're gonna experience the joy or the contentment um you know and we've talked about before where you see people and like you just related uh talked about a second ago is people that keep searching for that god well that god could be you know a vehicle but what happens that person gets that vehicle what happens yeah nothing it it goes away so fast yeah and that's where you have to look at you know when i when i look at happiness and joy my experience is that you know it's like a 91 degree day like today you want some relief well all happiness is it's a it's a swimming pool that's about an inch deep and a mile long you know you just got to keep lapping up that water until you know you just keep getting those small little so celebratory feelings of happiness you're happy for a little while where joy is at one mile deep you know one mile long swimming pool i mean it's you know you gotta learn to swim in it to enjoy it so um i don't know if that makes sense but that's just you know how i always looked at it and you know happiness is caused by either it's just experiences or material objects and for what we do in the podcast here, when we talk about contentment and joy, it's about being squared away. When you're squared away, you know what? You're going to have a lot of days that suck. That, that's what life is. But you know what? You can find contentment and joy through that because it's uh, I look at social media. You know, whenever you get people's pictures from, you know, whatever they're doing, like this summer, you know, summer, everybody's outside and they're doing stuff. And then you see a social media wall is just littered with everybody's like vacation or the best picture, you know, they get everybody together and they're all happy in that, that 30 seconds, right? As soon as they snap the picture, the kids are screaming. You don't see the, you know, the five hour flight that was, you know, pure hell. You're sitting next to a 400 pound dude that's spilling over in your seat. You know, the kids are tired and cranky. You're trying to find a place to eat. This place is expensive and all You never see that on social media wall, right? No, you only see the highlight reel, right? Yeah. And that just that little few seconds of happiness. But, you know, people that pursue that, you know, you're, you're never going to be filled. It's a it's shallow swimming pool that, you know, it's just in and out, in and, and out. And one of the big problems with social media, like we talked about before, is that our brain is not wired to understand that that 10 seconds of happiness that you see from person A and then you scroll and see 10 seconds from person B and scroll and see 10 seconds of person C and you go all the way down and you've now scrolled for five minutes and seen everybody's 10 second happiness reel. Well, let's take a 24 hour period and look at the other 23 hours, you know, and and how many ever minutes and seconds that made up the rest of that shit day. Yeah. Our brains don't they're not able to to think about that. Our brains go, 
our 24 hours versus that specific 24 hours. Not everybody else's 24 hours, right? Because they yeah. all went through shit to get there. So our brains aren't able to to com- to to compare that. And this one thing that I have written down that that I love this fucking quote is from Theodore Roosevelt: "Comparison is a thief of joy." Yeah. And so strictly like comparing, that. period, is 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 just thievery because you're always going to find someone that has a has a, a specific 10 seconds that were better than your last 10 seconds. Yeah. And you're never looking for the person <laughs> that has the 10 seconds that was way shittier. Yeah. You're not looking for that. You're not going, Oh, I'm glad I didn't fucking, you know, glad I didn't just get in a car accident. I'm glad I didn't just cut three of my fingers off. I'm glad I didn't, you know, you're never looking for that. Nobody posts that shit. Well, they kind of do, but you don't see it. Right. You don't compare yeah. to it. Um, so I love, I love the idea that, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, get into a little bit of the happiness hypothesis by Jonathan Haidt, but also Jordan Peterson's idea of happiness. And this is like, this is kind of happiness, joy and and joy together. Um, Not really contentment because contentment, contentment is something that you can feel for a, a long period of time because you're content with, with, with where you're at, what you're doing. That's, that's kind of your mindfulness, right? That's your, you're mindful of like, I'm here. Like I'm, I'm good with being here, but happiness, you can't ever search for happiness or work for happiness or try to get happiness. You need to search for meaning and work for meaning and invest yourself into becoming the best you that you can be. And then happiness will come and go. But you can't reach for happiness and grab it. Happiness is is like a is like a bird that's flying just out of our reach, right? right. And if we're if we're trying to catch that bird, we're not going to fucking catch that bird. That bird is gonna is gonna evade us every time. But if we're if we've got our head down and we're concentrating on our our meaning, our reason for being here, that bird is gonna eventually it's gonna land on us for a few minutes, and yeah. that's gonna be that that joy and that happiness. But at least we're gonna feel it. And then all the other times that we're not feeling it, we're content because we know that we're putting in the effort. And that effort comes to the the squared away mentality and and the things that we're doing. And we're, we're working towards meaning. We're working towards being the best version of ourselves and giving our gift, whatever our gift is. Everyone's got their gift and we're giving our gift to the people around us. Yeah. Um, and that I love that if you if you guys have never really. Um, listen to any of the Jordan Peterson talking about happiness, it really like it really kicks you right in the right between the fucking legs because it's like, oh, like I, I want to be happy, but I can't try to be happy. Yeah, no, it's circumstantial. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, yeah, I like Jordan Peterson's uh, outlook on that. And it's, uh, you know, he talks about where joy is, joy and contentment is that's where you get that inner peace from where happiness you're always chasing. And, you know, for example, I, you know, I know somebody that, especially for, you know, uh, people in the education system, right They're, you know, they have most, most of them have summers off and a lot of them, uh, have summers off and they try to fill that with activities, constant, constant stimulus, constant, constant activities. But what if you took that time to have a few activities, but spent most of that time, working on bettering yourself, you know, bettering yourself. I mean, you know, that from your experiences has such a long-term effect on joy and contentment because it's, it's a lasting effect. It's not, I mean, happiness is just a celebratory, right? Yeah. Something happens. Boom. I'm happy. Ooh, overjoyed. And it's done the next day. And, um, then you're looking for the next thing to make you happy. And, um, you know, how do you get people to realize that? that you're chasing happiness, it's temporary versus, you know what, take this time to really work on yourself. Yeah. And one of the, one of the weird things is, is like we evolved to be unhappy. We did because let's say, let's say we have two tribes, right? And we, we have two tribes that are living you 50 tribes, miles huh? away from each other. Yeah. Get, you get off my fucking back with the <laughs> tribes. All right. We have two tribes that live 50 miles away from each other. And one tribe is just really just down to earth, chill, happy people. They're just happy. Right. And then the other tribe is this like discontent tribe 
that always needs something better, always needs more food, always needs better weapons, always needs to learn how to fight better. Like they're they're never happy. They're discontent. Right. Yeah. Now, let's take the let's take generation after generation after generation. What happens to the, the discontent, unhappy tribe that is always striving to be better? They become fucking awesome. They do because they're always striving to be better. Whereas the tribe that's just like chill and happy and cool with what, you know, we're, we got mangoes here, man. We don't need we don't need to go climb the mountain to get coconuts. We got mangoes right here. They stay the same. So evolution has triggered us to be discontent and unhappy, which is really fucked up. It really is ass backwards because we have that drive for the next big thing, the next cooler iPhone, the, you know, to lift more, to run faster, to improve the diet, to get smarter, to get more knowledge. We have this, this internal drive for more, but that's also what has taken us through evolution to become I mean, look outside, look outside. Yeah. You can drive on a fucking road in a vehicle that takes dead dinosaurs and dead dinosaurs as gasoline explodes it in a motor, takes that motor, turns a gear that turns your rubber tires to drive you to the fucking grocery (laughs) store to get meat from an animal that was probably killed 500 miles away and prepackaged. Yeah. If we were cool and just content with being us and not needing more, yeah, we would just be the fucking tribe that's still living in the middle of nowhere. But you're talking about positive discontent. So, so that's the weird thing is I don't think, I don't think discontent is necessarily positive or negative. I think that it is like the drive to reproduce. Okay. So we have a drive to reproduce, right? We all got it. If you don't have it, there's something fucking wrong with you. Well, I didn't know shagging was a drive to reproduce, but you know. It is, right? That's the drive to reproduce. Why else? Why else Why else would you want that? You know, regulate testosterone. No, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 a drive to, it's a drive to reproduce. So let's think about it like the drive to reproduce. Yeah. If you let that drive to reproduce just go willy nilly everywhere and you're trying to bang the fucking cashier at Quick Trip. Right. And your waitress and the girl in the car next to you and whoever. Right. That's your drive to reproduce. Just just completely unchecked and unchained. Okay, it's the same as the discontentment. If you just let that discontentment drive you constantly to get a better car, better iPhone, faster, bigger, this, that bigger house, bigger. That's that's an that's the same as the as the unchained, unbridled drive to reproduce. That is unhealthy. But. So I could say healthy or unhealthy discontent. Yes. And so, so, but you can't, you can't take an unhealthy discontent and make it a healthy discontent without at least shining the light on it. So that's what, that's what we're doing here with this little five minute part of this conversation is I want to shine the light on that discontent so that you see where that drive comes from you not being you Martin, but you listener, you see where that drive comes from and you are able to manage it because if, 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 if it's this internal drive, right? So, so Jonathan Haidt is the, he coined this phrase, um, which he originally, he originally attribute attributes to, uh, Buddha, but he coins this, this, this phrase that the subconscious mind is like a big elephant. Okay. It's huge. Can do whatever it wants. The conscious mind is like a little boy riding and, and, and training this elephant. And if the elephant is well-trained, and kind of wants to do what the boy says, the elephant's going to do it. But if the elephant wants to go on a fucking rampage, the little boy on his back's not going to stop it. Right. And that's the conscious mind. The conscious mind is the little boy on the elephant's back. And if you, and and that's where we have all these people that they want to lose weight. They want to get in shape. They want to get smarter. They want to start reading more. They want to work harder. They want to get up on a Monday morning and, and run. They want to do all these things. That's the conscious mind. That's the little boy, right? But the subconscious mind is that big fucking elephant. And that elephant is going to do what it wants. So you need to train that elephant. 
And so how do you train that elephant? Well, he, he starts giving examples of like, if you want to run, right? And this also goes back to the habit loop podcast, right? If you want to create a habit, if you want yeah. to run, hang your shoes on your fucking door in your bedroom. Okay. So you're going to get up, you're going to see it. That's going to be, that's going to be a reminder. Okay. And then you're going to put your shoes on and you're going to run to the Dunkin' Donuts. It's two miles and you're going to get a donut. You might be in a plus plus calorie surplus, right? Like you burn 200 calories to get there and eat a 500 calorie donut. But that's that, that's that giving the dog the treat, right? Like if, if your dog does something good and you give him a, and you give him a treat two hours later, does he have any fucking idea what he did? Does that help train your dog at all? No. You have to give him the treat right away, right? The subconscious mind is the same way. I ran and got the donut. I got the treat. That builds the habit of running. And these are this is just an example that, that he uses, but there's so many different examples you could use like this to train the subconscious. And the better that you train the subconscious, the more power you have over it. And then you'll, you're never going to have all the power over the subconscious. But you can always be improving, just like we talk about being squared away. You can always be improving. And and I love that he uses that example of the subconscious mind and, and, and the, the elephant and the rider. And the better you get at training that elephant, the better you get at, at training your subconscious, the more happiness comes because you are building those relationships you are improving your ability to search for meaning you are less you're down less on yourself because you're not you don't have as much negative thought because you didn't want to run and you just sat in your fucking bed you wanted to run and you ran and that's an accomplishment and that is going to give you that that bird's going to land on your shoulder for a second but he so he didn't even write this book um to be about happiness. I, I didn't know this, but when you write a book, you don't get to set the title. When you go to a publicist, you write the book, you have a title in mind. Oh, really? And their marketing department sets your title. Unless you're self-publishing. Unless you're self-publishing. Yes, but- yes. But you, their marketing department sets your title. So he wrote a book. He's he's a clinical psychologist and he taught at University of Virginia, I think. Um, and he was, he was worried that he wasn't going to get tenure. So he started writing this book, which was basically written how he teaches. And his whole idea was to take quotes from ancient wisdom, from Stoics and all the, all these ancient wisdom, ancient philosophers. And then he would teach current psychology based on these quotes because they knew that we haven't changed that much from 2000 years ago. Our minds still work the same. It's different, you know, different mm-hmm. buttons we're pushing, but our minds still work the same. And so we got, it was supposed to be like uh, 12, 12, ancient wisdom quotes to help you today or something stupid like that. And, and they completely changed it to the happiness hypothesis. And it was like, Oh, and he's like, I didn't like it at first, but then I reread what I had written. And there was three main hypotheses in this book of happiness. First hypothesis, which was, he, he, he defuncted right away was, um, the search for things, right? The search for getting faster, the search for getting stronger, the search for a better car, the search, that search of things that we just talked about. That's completely defunct because if anybody has ever set a goal and got that goal, you're happy. Even Goggins talks about it. Like you're happy for like a minute, maybe five minutes if there's a big celebration and there's a lot of people there to like pat you on the back. But you don't wake up the next day and go. I ran a four minute mile. I can fucking relax today. Right. You know, you don't kick back. So. And it's it's the same with a, the the new iPhone or a faster car, or a better car, or something you know, whatever. Put put your thing in there because everybody has their own thing. Um, that doesn't bring you happiness. Never will. The second one was was the idea that he got from the Stoics and and from the Buddhists, which was hold on, I got I got to read this one for sure. Make sure I don't fuck this one up. Is that happiness comes from within? Like you just choose to be happy. And he kind of he goes through and he kind of kind of breaks that down and, and puts a bunch of current human psychology behind that one and and really kind of defuncts that one for today. Really, it, it's just it was great. It was great back in the day when there there wasn't nearly the stimulus that we have. You had 20 people that you really knew, you know, you, it wasn't like how we live today. It's like so that one really he he breaks it down to like not really being viable 
in today's culture. Whereas as the third one, and, and this I really do like, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to implement this into my daily practice is that happiness comes from the relate from relationships. And he's got three different relationships that he, that he really brings up. And it is happiness comes from the relationships between yourself and others. So you and your spouse, you and your kids, you and your friends, um, relationships with people and the happiness comes from those relationships. And I completely agree as I, as I kind of develop that in my own mind, I 100% agree with that because seeing something that I've done that has impacted someone else, whether it's, I got a message this week on Instagram and it was this, it was this kid who's followed me for years and he sent me a picture of this almost bringing tears to my eyes. He sent me this picture of himself when he was like 13 and like the scrawny little kid. And then this picture of now when he's 18 and he's like jacked in the gym and he's like, you did this. Well, and I'm like, no, I didn't do that, bro. You did it. I'm just like the little bit of, you know, the little bit of daily improvement impulse to like, I'm, I'm, I'm the shoes hanging on the door that reminded him to run. That was it. But like, that was awesome. Like that, that brings me joy. And so those relationships, that's awesome. The relationships between yourself and your work, which this is where specific people that I know that are striving for happiness that, you know, because I don't know if you've ever heard anybody that's written a book like you have to write a book for a person or a specific audience. You can't write a book for a million people. Right. So like I have specific people in, in mind when I do podcasts and this one, I struggle with this and specific people that I know that are always striving for happiness struggle with this is the relationship between you and your work. And that we talked about, I think, last week or the week before, where I need to reframe my work in my mind because my work that I do is not rewarding. But the ability to provide for my family and save extra money to pay for college and be able to do all of that stuff, that's where my relationship, I need to to concentrate more on that part of my relationship with my work all while trying to improve my relationship with with my work not this specific work that I do right now but if there's a better work that I can that I can develop myself into to build that relationship with my work and that's where I see a lot of people have trouble because they they have a poor relationship with their work and other than sleeping the majority of your fucking life is done working Yeah, it's 40 plus hours of your time. Right? Like, that's a big fucking deal. So if you have a poor relationship with that work, and then let's say you have a poor relationship with that work and your relationship with your spouse isn't great. How fucking, there's, there's nowhere for happiness in there. Yeah. But how are you able to improve without at least shining that spotlight like we talked about on where your relationships are lacking? So now we've shined that light on your relationships, the ones that are lacking. Now go back. If, if it's if it's with a relationship with your spouse or with your kids or with your parents, go back and listen to our relationship podcast. Take that in. Do a lot of your own research because there's no way we could cover everything here and improve those relationships, whether it's with your work. And then the last one or your spouse or your kids or whatever. A lot of people have a piss poor relationship with their kids because especially dads have a piss poor relationship with their kids because they've spent, they go to work, they come home exhausted. They put their kid on their iPad. Once in a while, they'll hang out with them. And 10 years goes by and that relationship is lacking. Think about, you know, what we talked about with, with affluent youth and the suicide numbers. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, the fathers invested so much time in the work. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, what you're talking about relationships, I think, hits it hits it head on because when people don't have that relationships, what are they looking for? I mean, what do you see on social media? You know, people look at their work, their relationships with people not as anything substantial. They look at it as validation. So whenever you go to a group function, what, what do some people do? It's either what I drive, yep. the position I have at work. Yep. Or, or something yep. that validates them. 
all these posts that go up on social media, those, you know, three second clips that you see of everybody's, you know, insanely wonderful lifestyles, yeah. right? Yeah. Are all just to uh, get likes. Yeah. Validate. Yeah. You know, there's nothing of substance to it at all. So, but people have substituted that and put all their energy towards that to go on a trip so that they can get, you know, 50 pictures of, you know, all these close up shots of them looking awesome and life is awesome for me so they can get validated. Right. Yep. Or they'll sneak in a picture of their, you know, their new car or for somehow or not even their fucking car. Like, have you ever come across that where somebody will post a picture of a car, like yeah. a fucking nice car? And you're like, whoa, man, how did that work out? Oh, yeah, I was thinking about buying it. Fuck you, don't post oh, that, I you asshole. That. I've seen people post like other people's cars saying, oh, no, no, no. I saw this one on the so street I, today. So I so I had <laughs> I had a friend call me and he's like, did you see so-and-so bought a Bugatti? And I'm like, what? Yeah, I think they bought a Bugatti. They were posting about a Bugatti. And I just let it go. Like, I don't, I tr- really try not to like buy into that bullshit, right? Yeah. And then I think it's been a fucking year and I'm like, what about that Bugatti? Oh yeah, no, that wasn't, that wasn't theirs. No. Like, the fuck? They're posting it like it was theirs? Yeah, I don't. And, and, and this is this could be all, like, just someone interpreting it wrong. Like, yeah. that, it could not to, like, totally get on somebody's ass. It could be somebody totally interpreting a photo wrong. But, yeah. like, you see that, though, right? Like, pictures of somebody on a private jet because they fucking rode on a private jet with somebody that charters jets or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you well, fucking, what it's just is, no difference than half those scams that are, you know, all these guys are either, I think, I guess, probably renting the Lambos and renting the, yeah. you know, the jets and yeah. then telling you that, hey, you can have a life like mine yeah. if or you steroids. follow what I tell you. Yeah, steroids, oh, steroids. The same place. Yeah. Follow, download my, download my diet, diet app. Uh, bro, you're 60 and you are fucking jacked with veins. You are not doing that with diet. <laughs> Trust me. I know. It's like buying those old bodybuilding magazines and then them telling you how to build muscle. Like, yeah. Eh, yeah. Probably yeah, not. Right. So uh, <laughs> do you ever see, do you see the, all the new memes where it's all COVID vaccines? It's like, oh, I saw two, I saw two high schoolers vaccinating each other in the locker room today. Good kids. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like, I didn't see I mean, that, no. Anyways, um, and then the, the the last relationship before we get to the, to our hour, um, the last relationship is the relationship between yourself and something bigger than yourself. So for some people, that's going to be a religion. For some people, that's going to be um, some sort of universal meaning to them, whether it's, you know, their family, the, 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 echoes in eternity, right? Have you ever heard the echoes in eternity? Like what we do today creates echoes in eternity. Um, you know, for me, it's very much, it's, it's kind of the, it's, it's the universe. I call it the universe, right? You can call it God. I call it the universe because I think that it is, has zero interest in us. I don't think it gives a fuck, but I think it's an energy that we can, we can improve. And I think it's like a big, 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 huddle and we have all these different colors of dye inside of us and that's our energy and as we invest our energy into improving everything and being a better person ourselves i think that that dye that we have goes to 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 improve the universal energy a little bit a tiny maybe minuscule but it still is improving a tiny bit and and that's the last relationship is that that relationship that you and something bigger, something more. Yeah. I know with uh, Christianity, I mean, it talks a lot about, you know, finding joy in, in all circumstances. So uh, especially in trials and tribulations, um, the Apostle Paul wrote that. So maybe you should read that because. Oh, I have. Just a, because it's Apostle Paul. I have a I have a quote here What the, from Ecclesiastes. Ooh. Um, that's Bible, Solomon. right? That's Bible, right? Ecclesiastes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. That's Old Testament too, by the way. Okay. (laughs) Um, And if if you follow um, the Urban Savage Instagram page, you saw this earlier this week, but there is nothing better for a man than that they should be happy in their work for that is what they are here for. And that is that like like we talked about right there. You're finding the relationship between yourself and your work. And Yes, you may be a line worker that is there is zero thing that you do during the day that there is to be to be happy about, but you can be proud of your investment towards something better and still be wanting to improve your lot in life. 
right. and looking for something with more meaning. Yeah. No, it's uh, I think it all goes back to even like what Jordan Peterson is talking about. I mean, ultimately, this podcast too is about being squared away. Every podcast we seem to end with, you know, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and get yourself squared up so that, uh, you know what, you can feel what contentment is so that you can discern what is lasting, what's not lasting, you know, and I still go back to, you know, with happiness, it's, do you want that, that one inch of, you know, cool relief in, in a one inch pool, or do you want that, you know, mile deep pool where, you know, it takes a little bit of work to swim in it, but you know, the, the lasting joy and contentment is, is much more substantial. And there, this is a, this isn't an on and off. Like, it's just like with the, it's just like with being squared away. This isn't a, I am, or I am not. Right. This is a, I am investing my time to improve. Yeah. I mean, every day, I mean, physically, I mean, you're not going to hit the physical peak and you just, oh, okay, I'm done. Yeah. What is physical peak? Yeah. There, as long as you're a little bit better tomorrow, you haven't hit your peak. Yeah. We all are going to have a peak. Someday we're not going to be, we, we will, at some point in time, we will lift a weight, run a mile, look a specific way that we will never achieve ever again in our life. Yeah. That's going to happen to everybody. And you're going to have to pivot a lot. Yeah. You're not going to be able to get comfortable doing the same thing because guess what? Before you know it, you're, you know, 50 years old and the whole goal is to just push that back, right? Is to just push that peak back to still be improving. Yeah. Be your best. Be the best you can be all the way around. Oh, fuck. And then we're all going to die. Echoes in eternity. Yeah. At least we're recording our shit talking. (laughs) So maybe this will help more people. Because, I mean, that, like, like I said, getting that message this week from that kid, like that that really was like, holy fuck, like something that I've done. And that was never the, like, that wasn't the original goal. The original yeah. goal was a fucking t-shirt brand. Like yeah. <laughs> how fucking douchey is that? Right. Like another fucking Instagram t-shirt brand. Let's go. But you realize you planted a seed and now you see the fruits. From and it, and, you know? and so. I, when I realized that, when I realized that I had honestly no interest in, you know, to that, the steps that it would take to create a t-shirt brand, um, I basically quit making t-shirts, you know, I still have, I still have some, you can still buy them. They're still awesome. They're still the best fucking shirts. I wear them every day. Even the ones that have nothing on them. I wear them cause the shirts are fucking awesome, but you know what sells t-shirts? It's really funny. Look at grunt style. Look at, uh, look at, at, at Brian's stuff at BC limited. Look at, look, it's like outrageous shit that, that I personally wouldn't wear. It's like, because it's, it's the same as it, the, the, it's, it bleeds, it leads. Billboard. Yeah. It, it's, it's not even, it's not even a billboard. Most of them don't even the logo. Yeah. They got the logo on the sleeve. Right. But it, yeah. most of them, it's like, it's like a, it's a walking billboard for, for a, a saying or a, an idea. And that's just not my style. And, and that's, that's great. It doesn't mean that my style is any better than anybody else's style. But yeah. the minute that I realized that my style, um, wasn't going to sell. I didn't try to fake it and that that I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm pretty happy with myself that I didn't try to just I didn't try to, to fake something that I had no interest in. And that's when yeah. I've it was it was a good two years before it pivoted into into now what it is, is sort of it's it's the personality behind this podcast on my end is that's what it's that's what it's pivoted in it pivoted into is and, and yeah. the, the values haven't changed. The values are still all exactly the same. It's just the end product. First of all, is free. You don't have to pay to listen to this podcast. Um, hopefully someday we get paid for you listening to this podcast. But it, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's still helping a lot of fucking people. Yeah. So no, that's what matters, right? Yeah. But and that's that's where we get to with happiness. Happiness is, is a false god. That that was that's basically happiness is fake. It's it's. Not not fake. Happiness is a byproduct. Happiness is a byproduct of you striving to improve your lot, whether it is your relationship with people around you, whether it is your daily work, whether it is your power and spirituality. Happiness yeah. comes in small doses and yeah. fleets away. It's a byproduct. It shouldn't be a goal. No. 
Because if you make that your goal, guess what? You're going to drive yourself nuts. Yep. Because, you know, you could, ice cream can make you happy. Yep. And you could end up, you know, 400 pounds on ice cream. Yeah. And ice cream will make you happy. But the weirdest, so totally, why do we talk about fucking ice cream so much? Because we love it. The weirdest thing with ice cream, the weirdest thing with any sort of mouth pleasure, right? Like, let's just talk about any food. Everybody's got something different. For us, clearly, it's ice cream. Why is it that more in our head seems like it's better, but like the fifth bite doesn't taste any better than the first bite. Right. Right. Yeah. So how do you get to a point where, I mean, if it's not an everyday indulgence or, you know, that rolls over past indulgence, by the way, clearly like you could, I mean, it wouldn't be financially lucrative, but you could go through an ice cream drive through Get uh, uh, the best shake that you've ever, your your thing that you love, right? Yeah. For me, it would be like peanut butter sauce and peanut butter cups and chocolate ice cream. Like, fuck yeah, let's go. Dude. Have a bite. Throw the motherfucker out the window. You can do that every day and you would never get fat. That's like 50 calories, 30 calories. Right. That's like nothing. That's nothing bad for you. Yeah. But we live in a society of indulgence. Yeah. That, you know, there's the extra large. There's the gotta have it size at Cold Stone. So... You pile that sucker down. Guess what? You're done. You still want more the next day. Yeah. And before you know it, you're on the couch. You can job of the hut. And that's the, so, so I know myself, right? We talked about this already. I know that if it's fucking, we talked about it during the nutrition podcast. I can't have the shit in the house because I'm going to fucking eat it. Yeah. Like my, my willpower comes from not having the shit around me. That's where my willpower, it's a, it's yeah. a pre-planned willpower. Um, so you, you know, Hertz Donuts is. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So Hertz there's Donuts around here. You know, there? there's one in Middleton. There is. Yeah. It opened a few years ago. Oh, wow. And so everybody, everybody talking about Hertz Donuts, posting pictures of Hertz Donuts, talking about these fucking crazy donuts. If you don't know what a Hertz Donut is, it's basically like an ice cream sundae, but it's a donut. Like they take one donut and cover it with a bunch of shit and they have all these different donuts. Right. And so I walked in there and I'm like, well, I, I want to try that one and I want to try that one and I want to try that one. <laughs> And they're like, well, a six pack is like the same price as four. I'm like, all right, give me a fucking six pack. So I buy a six pack of Hertz donuts, all different types. And I, I really only, I really, I wanted to try each one, but I knew that if I left those Hertz donuts in my car, I would keep eating them. Oh, wow. So I would pull a donut out and I would take a bite. And I'd roll the window down and I'd chuck the fucker out the window. Are you serious? <laughs> Dead serious. Just the birds are happy. <laughs> and then <laughs> I tried it and it was good. And then the Andy's Mint one is there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Bite of the Andy's Mint one. Roll the window down. Chuck the fucker out the window. <laughs> All six of them. Because oh, really? I knew, I know that I'm not, if they're sitting on my seat next to me, I'm going to fucking eat them. Yeah. I'm a fat kid at heart. Like I grew up <laughs> fat as fuck. <laughs> So, but no, so, so that's kind of the funny thing is, I guess, like what I'm trying to say is like more pleasure doesn't necessarily bring happiness. Yeah. It just elongates the same amount of happiness. I mean, learn to celebrate your happiness. You know, it's kind of like a cheat days. Yeah. You know what? A cheat day make you happy. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, if I have a cheat day, guess what? I, I would. I'd love to have a Dutch apple pie, gluten-free crust, double the crumblies on top, you know, give it to me. I'll eat the whole thing in one sitting. Yeah. Or by the end of the day, the whole thing is gone at yeah. least. Yeah. And guess what? It's okay. I'm happy. I mean, it's, it's a reward, but you know what? I'll hit it hard in the next, you know, the next week. Yep. But it's, uh, you know, you have to learn to do that. We're in a society, like I said, that is so into doing that every single day. Yeah. All the time. And it's, I don't know. I mean, would you call that an addiction? Yeah, but that material like, thing. Same let's get thing. back to the evolution, right? Like, not totally to elongate this podcast any longer, but um, it's it's the same it's the same urge as the sexual urge we talked about, and the urge for improvement or getting you know better weapons, bigger things, urge for shiny stuff. It's the same urge for food. Like we were never we evolved, whether you believe in evolution or not, we evolved for thousands and thousands of years in a scenario where there was never an abundance of food or if there was an abundance of food, it was for a day or two days. And then we there would be long droughts where you were picking berries off of trees trying to feed an entire tribe. Yeah. So and an urge, an internal urge to just eat 
and to pack on as much fat as you can, that urge would make you a healthier person in that scenario. So for thousands and thousands, 100,000 years, that urge would make you healthier and make you be able to reproduce. So it would it would extend your genes longer. Hmm. Now, we live in a, a, a society where that is never a problem. There is never a lack of food. For 99.9% of the population, yeah. there's never a lack of food. We still have that same urge to just fucking pile it in. So you need to be able to manage that urge to then be a healthy person. Yeah. And it's that same urge for stuff. It's the same urge for reproduction. It's all these, it's all these gluttonous, you know, urges that we have because they would have kept when when one out of, you know, one out of nine babies lived. You needed to have a lot of sex and make a lot of procreation to advance the population. Well, now infant mortality rates are so low that you've got people with 20 fucking kids. Yeah. 20. 20 kids with 18 different women. And one guy told me that his brother has 20 kids with 18 different women. Seriously? That motherfucker should have been castrated a long time ago. Sure he's not like a Mormon or something? Nope. 18 different women. Um, I'm don't I'm guessing one after another after another, not all together. Like it's not this is not a Mormon scenario. Oh yeah. Um Whew. wow. So quick points. Don't don't make happiness a goal. Happiness is never a goal. If you're reaching for happiness, it's gonna be like I don't trying to fucking hold an egg. What is it? Or what you know, one of those oh. balloon things or whatever that you're like trying to grab and then they just keep coming out of your hands. Oh, yeah. You can't Slipper see this because this isn't a video podcast. Um Happiness comes from your relationships. Um, and so this is this is a, a big thing that I'm going to try to implement is small improvements in my in, in those three areas in my relationships is relationships with the people around me, relationships with my work and relationships with my universal power. Um, and I think that right there is going to increase levels of happiness exponentially. Yeah. And, and for me, it's just uh, spiritually, it starts, that's my root and having a good relationship with God and, uh, you know, good fellowship with the folks around me. And that's where it all begins and being content with what I have, you know, in the everyday, even with the, you know, when work is shitty. So, yeah, still a job, yep. still pays the bills, even when it's a shitty, shitty yeah. job. And hey, like we talked about with Byron Rogers, you, even all those failures, you learn something from them. Yep. Excellent. You guys have an excellent rest of the fucking day. All right. Have a great week. See ya.